I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today will be part two of our discussion on the gifts of the Spirit. On our last session, we talked about the giver of our spiritual gifts. We talked about the purpose of our spiritual gifts. And we talked about the richness in the diversity of our spiritual gifts. Today, I'm going to talk about one of the misuses of our spiritual gifts. But before we get to that, let me just open with this. There's a portion of scripture that comes from Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 4 to 8. It says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. So what is at the heart of Paul's statement here in verses 4 to 5, chapter 12? For me, at the heart of Paul's statement is that we are interdependent upon God and each other. Just as the triune Godhead is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit yet one, the three make up the one, we are to lean on each other. For example, in the church, government of the church, the offices of the church, the trustees, the deacons, the ministers, the ushers, and all the, the, the ministries and auxiliaries should not be operating from a posture of an exclusionary silo, off on their own mission. When we don't communicate with each other, we lose power. I love the instruction to employ our gifts generously, not holding back. We're invited to give out of the more. Give diligently as in carefully, purposefully, perseveringly, and cheerfully, as in gladly, joyfully, readily, optimistically, or willingly. The triune Godhead Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in an ineffable communion with each other, interdependent upon one another. And so should be the model of the ministries of the church. So now I'd like to talk about the misuse of our spiritual gifts. And I'm going to borrow a scripture from the Gospel of Matthew the 25th chapter, verses 14 through 30. And it says that, For the kingdom of heaven is is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered delivered unto them his goods. Well, let me just say this before we go any further. This is considered a parable. What is a parable? Jesus is telling a parable. An earthly story. It's a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. 
That's what I meant to say. It's a, a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. He's using it as a teaching tool. So it says, Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven is, is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. As a side note, this reminds me of Jesus who ascended into heaven and gave gifts to the church. The scripture goes on to say this. Unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. So the question says, well, the question that I bring to the table is what did this man in the parable give to his servants? Well, it was something, here it's referred to as talents was something of value. It was something that was had a currency value. It could be, um, it had the value of money. Some, some, par- some uh, scriptures refer to this as, a, as bags of gold. Others as an item that, as money that was tradable. It had a value. It was something of great value, just like our spiritual gifts are of great value. So the, the, the story goes on to say that then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and he made them other five talents. That means that he put it to use and he gained a positive, what we would call in the, in the banking community or investment community, an ROI, return on investment. He put it to use and he got back more. And likewise, the scripture says, he that received two, he also gained another two. So he also put it to use and earned a return on this investment. But he that had received one, he went and digged it in the earth and hid his Lord's money. So now, again, the question is, what did this third servant do with the one talent that his master gave him? The answer, quite simply, is that he buried it in the ground. And he did it out of fear, laziness, and from having a misperception of his master. So the the story continues. It says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and, and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold. I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That sounds like good news. And then the one that received the two talents came and said, Lord, You gave me two talents, and behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. There's another bit of good news for the two that put their talents to use, the talents. They put it to use and and gave the master more when he returned. 
But then the one that received the one talent, he came and said, Lord, I knew thee. Now you got to excuse my King James language here. I might bounce back and forth. But it says, Lord, I know, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went in and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. <clears throat> so what he did was he, he buried it in the ground, and when his master came back, he gave it back to him, just like he received it. But what was his excuse for doing what he did? Well, this is clearly an indication of how he perceived his master. He claimed that he knew his master was a hard man. This is an accusation. This is a slandering misperception of the character of his master. He accused his master of reaping or benefiting from taking and collecting what was not his, gathering or taking what he has not planted or worked for. This is corruption, exploitation, and thievery from someone else. And this is what the one who received the talent was accusing the master of. And because of this misperception, he said he was afraid of his master. So he hid it in the ground and gave it back to him upon his return. So what's my point? How does, what can we draw in relevance in our discussion on our spiritual gifts? Well, the way we perceive our master will affect how we serve him. If you don't know him, the way that he has revealed himself to us through his son, you may misuse the gifts. And how do we misuse the gifts? By burying them in the ground without putting them to use for the edification of the body. If our image of God is corrupted and we are fearful in a way, if we accuse God of things that are not of God, or things that are, if we, if we construct a God in our mind who is less than God, if our image of God is corrupted, our ministry will be corrupted. If you have an image of God as the one who's just waiting to, to send you to hell and punish you, you may well just end up hurting more people than helping them. So his Lord answered him and said, Thou wicked and slothful servant. And I'm going to paraphrase. He says, you knew, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Therefore, Take the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten. So our gifts are not to be buried in the ground. We must learn to walk in our gifts, freely give of them for the building up of the body of Christ and the transformation of the world. So here's where COVID has come into the picture and impacted the church in a, in a negative way. 
One of the not so good ways is that some people who are otherwise able-bodied have gotten so used to staying home and watching the stream services that they're no longer in attendance at the church. But I encourage you to return back to the church. COVID is gone. I encourage people to return to the church because God has gifted us all. And the likelihood of the church being a recipient of your giftedness from God is diminished if you stay home. If you stay home on the couch, it's certainly more comfortable. But is the body of Christ benefiting from the gifts that God has given you? So then another question comes up. Is there a direct correlation between the use of our gifts and the effectiveness of the ministry of the local church? And the answer is yes, of course there is. The local church should be a shared ministry, a collective ministerial effort. And as we talked about last week, none of us has all the gifts. He gives particular gifts to specific people for a specific purpose. Collectively, the sum of the gifts that are given to God's people enable us to prosper in spiritual matters as well as practical matters. But when we hold back on using our gifts, we are not operating in the fullness of the gospel, which will impact the effectiveness of the ministry. Again, looking at the model of the triune Godhead as our model for ministry. The interdependency, the unity of the Godhead has been described by some, the activity, as a perichoresis or a dance between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who make up one. In the same way, our ministry's interdependency on one another's gifts and contributions can be seen as an interactive dance in the spirit that builds up the body and gives glory to God through the Son. Let me just end with this. Another misuse of the gifts is when we admire someone else's gift and we try to copy that for ourselves. My, my wise counsel on this, this point is stay in your lane. Don't covet someone else's gift. I can't preach like some of the famous preachers you see on television. But I tell you something, I've got to deliver what God has given me. So, you do you, as they say, be yourself. Otherwise, what you're actually saying is that what God has given you that you may be overlooking in order to copy after someone else. What you're saying is that what God has given you is not good enough. So again, stay in your lane rather than copy someone else. It's good to also nurture the gift that God has given you. 
Musicians continue to practice to develop their skill. A good preacher continues to study. A good Sunday school teacher continues to study and dis discover and rediscover newness in the Word of God. When you are given a gift, it is a gift that needs to be nurtured and put into practice. So in closing, let's not bury our spiritual gifts in the ground or as we stay home and don't go to church anymore, the body of the Christ barely benefits from our gifts. And when we don't all contribute collectively with the gifts that God has given us, the effectiveness of the ministry suffers. We're not operating in the fullness of the gospel. So let's depend on one another interact with one another, all to the glory of God. You've been listening to Faith Talk, and I thank you for being part of our global listening audience. I encourage you to visit the website at www.reverendjstuartglover.com. There you can sign up um, to be on the email list. You can register as a guest on the show. You can send me an email directly or even leave me a voicemail. Thank you so much. And, and please explore the gift that God has given you. And if you <clears throat> are not sure about what this gift is, here's a way to find it. Just like God has given you the gift of faith, God has given you the gift of a holy desire in your heart. Look into those desires, the purest desire of your heart. And I believe that is there I believe that it is there that you will encounter God and discover your gift. Thank you for listening. Join me next week. Amen.